One Houston media member says the Texans should offer the Washington Commanders the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft in exchange for defensive end Chase Young. And if they did, I think the Commanders would absolutely accept that offer. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82, or you can text me anytime at 202 760 2644. And I thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every single day. There is a quarterback that the 33rd team says the Washington Commanders are the perfect place for him to start his career. We're going to get to that and we're going to have a mock draft Monday trade edition thanks to ESPN Houston's Cody Stute. And that's where we're going to start. Cody Stute of he has ESPN Houston recently on his radio show said, quote, if I was Nick Casario, I'd call Washington and I'd see if they do the 12th overall pick for Chase Young. Now, Chase Young has had some injury concerns, but when he when he's playing, when playing, he's dynamic, freak athlete. D'Amico Ryan's coached some guys in San Francisco that had some trouble staying on the field. And when they finally stayed on the field, they were monsters. Eric Armstead is one that comes to mind. So to me, I'd call about Chase Young. Stute says that Houston would then pick up Houston or pick up Chase Young's fifth year option uh, and then see if he can be healthy, see if he can produce under Ryan's before ultimately agreeing to a long term deal. Now, here's what here's what the trade looks like. I'll put it up here on the screen. ESPN Houston's trade proposal. Again, the commanders get the number 12 overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft and the Houston Texans get defensive end Chase Young. Very clean. Very simple. You give us a player, we give you a pick. And for the Houston Texans, this is one of the picks they got in exchange for quarterback Deshaun Watson. This this pick, this number 12 pick, originally belonged to the Cleveland Browns. Now, if the Houston Texans were actually to offer this trade, if I was the Washington Commanders, if I was Ron, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, and all the members of the Brain Trust, I would absolutely, absolutely, absolutely take it. If you're a listener to this episode or this show or a viewer of this show on a consistent basis, you're not surprised uh, by this fact. Now, why would Houston do it? Well, for a multitude of reasons, and Stu kind of went into these two, but we're going to go into them here uh, on today's episode as well. Number one, first and foremost, and I want to make this clear, it's about money. It's about salary cap management and organizational management. Again, the Washington Commanders have so much money tied up into the defensive line without re-signing Chase Young, without picking up his fifth-year option, and without re-signing Montez Sweat, that they are number one in the NFL as far as salary cap dedicated to the defensive line. And again, they only have two of those guys right now beyond this year, and they're still paying the most of any NFL team right now for their defensive line, period. Next year, they're like top four, top five without re-signing Montez Sweat and without picking up Chase Young's fifth-year option. One or the other, you re-sign Montez Sweat or you, you pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option, and the Washington Commanders are, again, number one in the NFL, and it's not even close. And then in that scenario, if you're only doing one or the other, you're losing one of your guys. You're either losing Montez or you're losing Chase, and you're still paying the most amount of money to your defensive line against salary cap than any other team in the NFL. In 2025, the Washington Commanders only have four members of the defensive line 
locked in right now. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, John Ridgeway, and Fedarian Mathis. Those are the only four defensive linemen that the Washington Bears currently have under contract locked in into the 2025 NFL season. Still near the top or at the top of the NFL in defensive line salary cap dedication. This team has so much money tied up in the defensive line. It's not ridiculous. It's not gotten to that level yet, right? But when you look around the roster and all the other, other players that need to pay the Cameron Curls uh, of the world, Montez, what again, coming up on a contract extension, you might need another veteran offensive lineman at some point in time. Maybe if the Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett uh, deal doesn't work out, maybe you have to go draft uh, a quarterback that'll help you salary cap wise, or maybe you go the veteran route and you're going to need some cash uh, to be able to sign a veteran. You want to stay flexible as an organization. So to me, again, I'll restate kind of what I've already stated. I don't see how you keep Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And if you're trying to keep one or the other, you keep the guy that one is available a lot more often and two is producing at a better clip in this point in his career over the other guy. Neither of them are super old. Only one of them has had uh, you know, a season ending, you know, injury and, and surgery on two knees. So to me, you know, look, I know Chase Young is in a lot of press and he's on a lot of posters and he's got the dreads and the predator thing going on. And I and I get all that. And don't get me wrong, the talent is there as well. Uh if he if he can maximize it. But right now, Montez what is more proof in the pudding. Chase Young is still chasing that potential. If, like Stute says, the Houston Texans are willing to chase that potential, let them chase that potential. Get out from under that fifth-year option. Get your salary cap a little bit more manageable. Resign Montez Sweat. Come back with now the number 12 and the number 16 overall pick in the first round of this year's NFL draft. What could the Washington Commanders do with that number 12 pick? So many things. Running a mock draft simulation, we're going to get into the full mock draft of our commander's picks here in segment two. But just letting you know, going up two picks, one through 11, the Washington commanders at pick number 12 could take the first offensive tackle off the board, the first cornerback off the board, the first safety off the board, the first tight end off the board, or if they really wanted to chase your edge to replace Chase Young, restart the clock, put a new edge rusher over there, put them on a new four-year clock, five-year clock if you end up picking up the first-year option. Or, so that's one option. You can select the first of a lot of players off the board or positions off the board, or you can trade up. You could package pick 16 and pick 12, and those two traditional draft trade value chart uh, point totals alone accumulate enough points for you to move up as far as number three. So you can move up all the way to number three. By the way, number three in this mock draft, Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge rusher. You want to reset Tyree Wilson instead of Chase Young? You could do that if you package 12 and 16 to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, at least according to the draft value chart. Again, uh, we have to see if the Cardinals actually take it, but that is a possibility. Or you could trade out at number 12 and collect even more picks and bring in even more potential talent for your roster. So a lot of things the Washington Commanders could do with that number 12 pick. So I think if the offer is made, which again, this is just you know one reporter's uh, or media member's you know idea, but this guy's a lot closer to the Houston Texans than we are. So if he thinks that the Houston Texans could feasibly make this offer, then I would be uh, all for the Washington Commanders accepting that offer. So they're the options that the Washington Commanders have if they were to get the 12th overall pick in exchange for Chase Young. But what are we going to do with that 12th overall pick? I'm going to tell you that coming up next here on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Mock Draft Monday getting going here on Locked on Commanders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And this Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you ever thought you could be a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty, and when you play Ultimate Football GM, you control and manage every strategic aspect of your team. 
And you really find out just how hard it can be sometimes finding the right quarterback, the right coaching staff, and then you got to worry about the rest of the roster and your training staff as well. Personally, I like it because I get to live out my trade back approach to the draft because if I don't have a franchise quarterback when I begin my franchise, and by the way, you start with the number one overall pick. So if I don't have a franchise quarterback and there's not one available at the top of the of the, of the draft, I trade back. I amass more picks. I get better players around that quarterback position, and I install my quarterback of the future later. Not only that, but it fits into my lifestyle. One of my children currently works at a place where when I go to pick her up, there is zero cell phone service out there, but it's okay because I can fire up Ultimate Football GM. doesn't matter if you've got Wi-Fi, 5G, LTE, nothing. You can still play Ultimate Football GM, so I enjoy doing that while I'm waiting on my kid to get out of work. Even better, Locked On Commanders listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's promo code Locked On all caps in the game store, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thanks again for being Locked On Commanders the first this year of the day and thanks to espn houston's cody stute in segment one we traded commander's defensive end chase young to the houston texans for the number 12 overall pick and now we are on the clock for this mock draft for this mock draft monday we did use pro football focus's mock draft simulator executed that trade look we had to force the trade i don't know how houston how pff values players and all that stuff there was no draft capital exchange from washington regardless this is cody stute's uh, observation idea, so we're going to run with it. Uh, Houston Texans get Chase Young, and we get number 12 up on the clock at the 12th overall pick. Uh, again, and now we look at this is a four-round mock draft, right? So if we're looking post-trade, again, Commanders get number 12, Texans get defensive end Chase Young, so our four-round mock draft looks like this. Pick 12, pick 16, 47, 97, and 118. And again, we can take the first offensive tackle, corner, safety, tight end, or we can try to chase an edge to replace chase young uh obviously we did not trade up or else we'd be talking about the number three or higher or you know four five six whatever uh, up until 12 pick so we are seeing a 12 did not trade up to potentially grab texas tech edge tyree wilson we also did not trade back we are sticking at number 12 and at number 12 we are taking northwestern offensive lineman peter skaronsky now i call him offensive lineman because i want to give the washington commanders the flexibility and i think they would take that flexibility you now got Charles Leno Jr. coming in, he, the incumbent left tackle. You have Nick Gates coming in saying that he's he's looking to play center. Andrew Wiley, who's got right tackle, left guard, right guard experience, really can do anything you need. Sam Cosme played right tackle, right guard during his time for the Washington Commanders. And now you got Peter Skaronsky, who is listed by a lot of draft boards as a tackle, but a lot of people kind of speculate maybe he moves inside. Inside, however you want to shape it, either way, this gives your offensive line a top five that looks like Charles Leno Jr., Peter Skaronsky, Nick Gates, Sam Cosme, Andrew Wiley. To me, that is a very, very, very solid offensive line with the potential to get even better as they train and work out together. Use the rookie minicamp, use the OTAs to determine if you want Peter Skaronsky at guard or if you want him at tackle. So that's where we go with that 12th pick. We don't trade it. We don't trade up. We don't trade out. We pick and we take the first offensive tackle off the board. But again, we're calling him an offensive lineman. We'll see where Washington could potentially put him during the OTAs and rookie minicamp uh, uh, period. Now, full disclosure, cornerback Devin Witherspoon from Illinois was very, very tempting, and I almost pulled the trigger on I just feel like the trenches a little bit more important, especially when you're talking about bringing in 
either a young, young quarterback in Sam Howell or a traveled veteran like Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be his first year under Eric Bieniemy's system. Both these guys, either one of them is going to be their first year under Eric Bieniemy's system. Want to give this team the best offensive line we can possibly do. The commanders have obviously shown a dedication to improving that unit. Let's continue that trend here at pick number 12. Full disclosure, don't expect Devin Witherspoon. Don't expect uh, Christian Gonzalez to be there at number 16 when we come back around. But I am hoping that Joey Porter Jr. is there when we come back around. However, Joey Porter Jr. not available at number 16. The Green Bay Packers, who really traditionally are not listed as needing a cornerback, pull the trigger on Joey Porter Jr. at pick number 15. So now we're sitting at 16. Joey Porter Jr. is gone. There's still some talented guys left, but honestly, I look at the board and I want to find out if I got a trade partner out there and I get a blast from the past. Last year's trade partner, the New Orleans Saints, come calling. They want to trade again. It worked last year. Traded back with New Orleans. Got Jahan Dotson. He ended up being an impact player, playmaker for the team. Really a bright spot for the offense moving forward. So you know what? Let's see if we can work that mojo again. We make the trade with the New Orleans Saints. And thanks to that trade, we now have all of these picks. So pick number 12. From Houston, we already took Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. We now have pick number 29 from the New Orleans Saints. They move up to 16. We move back to 29. Already had 47. Now we add 71 from New Orleans. Already had 97. Now we add 115 from New Orleans. And we already had 118. So in the first 120 picks, we now have seven picks in the first 120 just by trading Chase Young and trading back from 16 to 29. That is quite the drop, but... It's worth it if we get the right talent. We also added a 2024 fourth-round pick from the New Orleans Saints in that deal. And at number 16, the New Orleans Saints go ahead and grab Georgia edge rusher Nolan Smith. That's fine. We weren't going to grab him anyway. We come back up on the clock at 29, and we grab ourselves cornerback Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Emmanuel Forbes, a guy that's got some size, speed, athleticism. Uh, there's some questions about whether or not his frame is going to hold up to the NFL game or not tackling all those things but there are a lot of conflicting reports at the end of the day if the washington commanders feel like they can get what they need out of emmanuel forbes from an athletic standpoint and a pass pass defense standpoint look if your cornerbacks can't tackle all that well it's not perfect right but there's not a lot of cornerbacks out there that are necessarily perfect what he does the best is what you need him to do the most so emmanuel forbes at number 29 cornerback out of Mississippi State. Then we come back at number 47 in the second round, and we take edge rusher Adetamiwa Adabari out of Northwestern. Yes, our second Northwestern player. No, I am not a Northwestern Wildcats fan. I am a Big Ten guy, but I'm not a Northwestern fan. But Adetamiwa Adabari out of the list of edge rushers here, I want to go ahead and I want to try to start finding my Chase Young replacement. Now, full disclosure, I'm not sure that Adetamiwa Adabari is going to come in year one and be that every snap replacement for Chase Young. He is a little bit of a tweener. There's a little bit of coaching that's going to need to be done there. They're going to figure out kind of how they want to shape his body to fit his skills. But Adetami Wadabari certainly has the raw ability that the Washington Commanders need to eventually replace Chase Young. This year, they might have to go with a rotation. James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, see who works in there. But we saw last year, right, the, uh, the edge position over there opposite Montez Sweat, even without Chase Young, can still do pretty well. Hold their own. The defensive line did pretty well. So as Aditami Wadabari gets up to speed, gets his coach and gets his body in the NFL position that we need him to be in, we still have confidence that our unit is going to be able to be successful and uphold at the point of attack. And if Aditami Wad proves to be a fast learner and a quick study and gets on the field consistently even, even sooner, then 
that's even better. Moving on now to pick number 71. We're hitting the third round now. This is our second pick that we got from the New Orleans Saints in this trade. Back from number 16, we come back and we grab running back Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Love Brian Robinson Jr. Love Antonio Gibson. Uh, AG is injured an awful lot. The team got you know had to had to move on from JD McKissick. Unfortunately, Jonathan Williams coming back. I think Zach Charbonnet adds a nice little combination of tough running, pass catching ability to this running back room. A solid, solid third member of that group and a good weapon for Eric Bieniemy to be able to use and rely on his running backs. We know that the Kansas City Chiefs passed the ball a lot during Eric Bieniemy's time in Kansas City, but that's to me that's more Andy Reid. I think with Eric Bieniemy, you're going to get more running out of this offense and maybe you saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, Zach Charbonnet gives the Washington Commanders another running back to help them be able to do so consistently and keep people fresh and have some insurance in case somebody comes up injured. Moving on to pick number 97, our second organic pick, second pick that we owned as the Washington Commanders coming into this mock draft. Number 97, we go safety here. Christopher Smith, the second out of Georgia, is the safety, gives us some depth, a nice nickel type guy, backup free safety type of guy, we can see where we can move him in and we can develop him as the years go on. Again, Cameron Curl's uh, contract is kind of up in the air. Percy Butler is still developing. Christopher Smith comes in here. Derek Forrest continues to hopefully take steps forward. Worst case scenario, if we have to go into 2024 without Cam Curl, then we've got Derek Forrest with another year under his belt. Percy Butler, again, hopefully taking another step this year. And Christopher Smith, who can play that free safety role by then and can also play uh, in the nickel if we need to, depending on what happens with Emmanuel Forbes, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, and that whole thing. I think we've helped out the secondary here a very good amount in uh, the first two days of uh, the NFL draft here. Moving on to the day three, starting off with pick number 115, uh, our last pick of this year's NFL draft that we got from the New Orleans Saints. We're going to go out and we're going to grab Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed. Now, the wide receiver group is pretty solid, right? Terry McLaurin at the top, Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. I think this year we see Jahan Dotson kind of become that number two guy uh, fully. Curtis Samuel, not so much a number three, but more so kind of that Swiss Army knife type of guy uh, that we all know and love him to be. And then Deami Brown comes back, hopefully can take another step working with his buddy Sam Howell, working in an Eric Bieniemy offense. But Jaden Reed gives us a fourth or fifth receiver, depending on how well he acclimates the NFL game. But more importantly, gives us somebody to compete for the return job. And I'm talking kickoffs and punts. I want to see Jaden Reed fielding both, giving us the best option possibly uh, to, to secure that position. Special teams, absolutely important here for the Washington Commanders in this year's NFL draft. Jaden Reed does a little bit of both. Can be a receiver for you, but also can help impact the return game in year one, giving you a fourth-round pick that can make an impact as a rookie. Finally, pick number 118. Again, an organic pick here. Linebacker Ivan Pace Jr., out of Cincinnati. We're looking for special teams contributions in year one, but this is a guy who could potentially develop him a year or two or even three Could eventually potentially uh, develop into a contributing backup linebacker. Maybe if you're lucky and you know, everything kind of marries up well, a starting Mike linebacker of the future. So four rounds, seven picks. That's where we end up with. I feel like it's a solid class, but uh, look, I'm a little bit biased. I'm the one who picked it. I think if you could, Make an argument anywhere. Uh, you go edge at number 29. Guys like Will McDonald, the fourth out of, out of Iowa State, not Ohio State. Uh, Felix Anudike, Uzama out of Kansas State was available. I still think he's more of a stand-up outside linebacker than anything else. Uh, Notre Dame's Isaiah Foskey. I mean, you could certainly make a case uh, of trying to take him there. And then you come back at 47, where we got uh, Adetami Wadabari at Northwestern. Instead, you go corner there. 
A guy like George's Keeley Ringo could be available. Kansas State's Julius Brent's certainly a guy that you could look at, or even Alabama's Eli Ricks. So you could potentially flip those two, go edge, uh, go edge first, and then go corner second. I went corner first, and I went edge second. I still like the two guys that I got. Maybe you would prefer to have, you know, Julius Brent's and uh, Will McDonald the fourth, or, or Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. Whatever your flavor is. Either way, I think you're getting two good prospects. It's just really a matter of do you prefer that corner first for this year's team or do you think you need to immediately replace Chase Young? Uh, I think that's really going to dictate where you go and when you go there. Really case uh, where you want as far as use and development uh, of a player. But look, at the end of the day, the Washington Commanders do a lot worse than these seven prospects uh, in exchange for Chase Young and moving back from number 16. You don't even lose any draft capital. You just lose the spot of the draft capital and add a whole lot of more talent to your already talented roster. Or maybe the Washington Commanders go a completely different direction, stun us all than any that we presented at number 12. That scenario is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. We stood pat at number 12 and picked one Western offensive line, Peter Skorowski, to continue trying to plug a 2022 hole that was sometimes four or five guys wide to be quite honest with the offensive line. But if Washington went a different direction with a prospect who fits best with the commanders, so flipping the view from the commander's biggest needs to the players that fit best with the commanders, even if he doesn't fill the biggest need, they could target Florida Gators quarterback Anthony Richardson. And that is according to the 33rd team. Now, look, we're going to get to the quote here in a second, but Anthony Richardson's draft has draft stock rather has been rising steadily uh, during the offseason. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's a little bit surprising to most people, but I actually spoke to a scout for an NFL team down in Mobile, Alabama during the Senior Bowl this year who mentioned that he wanted his team to strongly, strongly consider selecting Anthony Richardson with their first-round pick. Now, I'm not going to say what team that he came from, but it was a top 10, well, is a top 10 pick in this year's NFL draft. And then not very long after that, you kind of started seeing the waves of Anthony Richardson's draft stock starting to rise in our mock draft that we ran with PFF's mock draft simulator, he went number two to the Houston Texans. I don't really think that's going to happen. I think Bryce Young, CJ Stroud are your one in your second, your first and your second quarterbacks off the board. I think CJ Stroud goes to the Carolina Panthers. I think Bryce Young goes to Houston Texans uh, at number two. So, in theory, if you're sitting at 12 now, right, you make that trade with Houston Texans, you trade Chase Young, you get number 12. You potentially could package 12 and 16 up to number three, and that would guarantee that if you're Washington, you could get Anthony Richardson if you really want him. Indianapolis is really the next team. So you have the Cardinals, and then you have the, the Indianapolis Colts coming back up at number four. I think given the history of Jim Ursa and kind of what this team likes to do, I think Will Levis is probably more Indianapolis's style and taste. So I think they go more of a Will Levis role, which means you could potentially talk about moving up to the fifth pick, which is going to save you a little bit of draft capital. Uh, at the end, at least top end draft capital at the end, if the Seahawks aren't going to take him themselves. You know, they're, they're, I've seen Anthony Richardson mocked uh, to the Seattle Seahawks several times. So if the Seahawks want him at five, you absolutely have to jump to three because the Colts are not moving out of four. They want a quarterback. Uh, so perhaps you can get away with keeping your first round pick, your own 16th overall first round pick. Maybe not, depending on what it is to move up. But the reason we've been talking about this is because Paul Burmeister of 30, 33rd team wrote a column for 33rdteam.com saying that the Washington Commanders are actually the perfect place for Anthony Richardson to land in the NFL draft. And here's what he had to say, quote, regarding Richardson's best fit, not his draft position, I'm looking outside the top 10. Richardson didn't perform like an all-conference quarterback, let alone a top 10 draft pick. 
That's where the Cam Newton comparisons don't align and lack regard for how good Newton was. Starting Richardson this fall is not a good idea. Ideally, he'd go to a place where a veteran is ready to handle the job for a season or two before handing the team off. Burmeister goes on to talk about the fact that Jacoby Brissett is in the quarterback room, can help Anthony Richardson develop, learn the game more, and if Jacoby wins the starting quarterback job, then you give him the reins for a year or two while Richardson develops, and in year three, potentially, you pull the trigger on putting Anthony Richardson in there, and maybe you have yourself an electric quarterback with a lot of athleticism, but a lot of and a lot of tools, but still a lot to work on. About to say in the NFL, but learning from a guy like Brissett, who obviously has staying power in the National Football League, would be incredibly valuable for Richardson. But what about Sam Howell? Well, to Burmeister, drafting Sam Howell in the fifth round, while it's encouraging and enticing to see him do what he did last season, especially against the Dallas Cowboys, sure you're going to give him your opportunity. But using a fifth round draft pick on a quarterback does not necessarily preclude a team from pulling the trigger on drafting another one early in the next year's NFL draft. For the Washington Commanders, you'd be looking at this as basically a way of taking two bites at the apple. You've got Jacoby Brissett, who maybe he proves to be stable enough and worthy enough of holding you down for two years, three years, whatever it's going to take. You've got Sam Howell, a young guy that you spent a fifth-round draft pick on who's shown some promise. You have some belief in him. See if he can come in and be your franchise quarterback. Or you take the gamble on the, on the dark horse, who Anthony Richardson is either going to be a super talented, super athletic type of quarterback, or he's probably going to be a bust. Um, but either way, you're kind of getting the opportunity to go down each path and see where uh, it really takes you. So it's an interesting idea. And again, Burmeister really saying Anthony Richardson, the best place for him to go would be Washington. Also points out Eric Bieniemy's experience with Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, not the quarterback's coach when Pat came in, but the offensive coordinator throughout that entire tenure. Again, we all the questions will come out. How much did EB really have to do with that offense in Kansas City? Regardless of how much it was, he was there to at least see the development of Patrick Mahomes. And you kind of follow that same path. Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith moved on. Patrick stepped in and uh, really hit the ground running. And, you know, they were able to maximize all those tools. So for Anthony Richardson, you go to a coach who's already used a quarterback like that. And make no mistake about it, there were some questions about Patrick Mahomes and whether or not he would be able to be an effective NFL quarterback for a long time coming out of the NFL draft. The Chiefs got him. They molded him. They mentored him. They didn't rush him onto the field. And uh, look, they've got two Super Bowl wins, three Super Bowl trips. Uh, because of it. So it makes a lot of sense from a Richardson standpoint. Not sure it makes a whole lot of sense from a commander standpoint. But look, this is a quarterback position. Whenever you're talking quarterback position, things can get crazy. We will continue to monitor the rumors, the speculation, the ideas, the good ones, the bad ones, as we continue hurling ourselves towards NFL draft weekend coming up this month. We're here. It's NFL draft. And then, guys, we've got the rookie mini camp right around the corner after that. A couple weeks later, we got OTAs. Uh, and then we take our summer vacation for about a month, and then it's training camp time. I mean, it's it's going to be here quicker, I think, than uh, than everybody knows. And I appreciate you guys being here all off season with me as we go through the rumors, the speculation, the ideas, good and bad again. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view of the day. For your second, check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about the coaching idea surrounding a possible replacement if the new ownership decides to move on from Ron Rivera and his staff after this season. It's a very interesting idea. Also, don't forget another mailbag episode is coming Wednesday, so get your mock drafts and questions in to be featured on that show. There's also still time to answer the draft question that I gave you on the last episode of last week. Just look for the one 
if you missed it with the name change news in the title, if you haven't caught that yet. So if you want to share your thoughts on that question that I asked you, just comment down below in that video or on this one or in email, Twitter, however you want to hit me up. Plenty of things going on. So we got mailbag submissions and answers to my question. Send all of it in via email to lockedoncommanders at gmail.com on Twitter at dharrison82 in the YouTube comments. Or, of course, you can text me at 202-760-2644. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders. More importantly, hanging out with you today. So we speak again. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. And I'll see you back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.